0: For those who have been missing Bruce Garrick's uh, musical uh, outros, that was Bruce Garrick again with uh, his fresh tunes. You are listening to Three Moves Ahead, the official podcast of FlashOfSteel.com, and with me today is the master of music, uh, Dr. Bruce Garrick. Oh, hello. Hi, gamers. (laughs) That never gets old. Unlike uh, freelance
1: writer Tom Chick. Can I get anyone a coffee? That, that, so that does get old? How dare you? By <laughs> really? the way, yeah, that, that music that Bruce was playing was a lot uh, less, should I say, ethnic than what Bruce normally plays. That uh, reminded me, that sounded like southern fried rock.
0: Well, when you work on when you live on a steady diet of, of of Glenn Beck and Rush Limbaugh, the ethnicity gets th- beaten out of you. No,
1: you mean you know, Jeff Beck? <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's right. That was like that sounded like Thirty Eight Special or, or Molly Hatchet or something. What was that? That was awesome. Yeah, yeah. As, that's a Richie Blackmore's Rainbow. Oh, I have no idea who that is or what that means, but I I approve. Oh
2: man! Oh, this is okay. So I think the next. Uh, The next uh, podcast should be us reading all the emails from the listeners uh, writing in about how Tom doesn't know Richie Blackmore's Rainbow. Okay, so we're going to talk about uh, how all console gamers should play Richie Blackmore's Rainbow on their uh, rock band or something.
0: We're going to talk about Green Day rock band. Mm -hmm. Uh, One of the worst ideas ever. No. Uh, uh, This week, we are going to pick up a topic that uh, we've been kind of dancing around uh, for the last uh eight months. Uh and that is the transition of strategy gaming from P C environment to the console environment. How strategy gaming has adjusted or not adjusted to the fact the industry is the gaming industry in general is moving to a console oriented environment. And Tom, who's always been a platform agnostic, that's a fair term, isn't it right, Tom?
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes.
0: Uh has Consistently been an advocate for the position that strategy games uh, can find a home in the console, even though I think of most genres it is probably the one most firmly entrenched in its PC roots. So in many ways, where this is going to be a chance for Tom to make his advocacy, this is as Tom making a case, and we and Bruce and I, who I think are still pretty much, I know I'm pretty much a, still a died-in-the-wall uh, PC gamer, though I do love my DS and my 360. Uh, we get to tell Tom why he's wrong. Uh, so, Tom, I'm going to open the floor to you and open with this question, uh, pretty much an historical question. When do you think strategy games first became viable uh, in the console environment? What game or what era or what uh, technical improvement would you determine as kind of the turning point?
1: Uh, let's see. I would maybe Herzog's Vi in 1987. <laughs> no, 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 let's get serious. I mean, that was. I am yeah. serious. I am serious. I think strategy games have always been Herzog's Vi didn't come out in 87. So I made that up. Don't call me out on that when I'm inventing facts. It just makes me look bad, Bruce. Why would you like do the you? Obama administration? Okay, sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> uh, I, actually, yeah, I'm terrible with, with dates. So, <laughs> uh, but but my point is that I think strategy games have always been basically platform agnostic. Uh, even though they have found a more comfortable home on PCs traditionally. uh, You've always been able to find compelling strategy games on consoles. Uh, So I'm not sure that there's a time that I can point to where I said it changed here.
0: Well, but you could admit that for a long time, strategy games had really no home on the consoles, that they were not just PC dominant, they were PC exclusive, that any strategy games you found on the console were real serious outliers. I think you should
1: probably tell that to the folks at Koei. Koei? K? Uh, I right. Think, okay. Yeah. yeah.
2: Like, romance, right. romance of the Three Kingdoms, I remember playing like 8 million years ago.
1: Right. Uh, and they've always been very friendly to console games. And that's one of my arguments, by the way. I've got, okay. a, I've, got I've got a list I've prepared here. You, you hear that? That's my list. So uh, you have
0: one publisher? I mean, the Koei games are great, but they were also very well. I mean, they well, were. They're
1: an, ex- I was, they're, they're an example of how. Traditionally, you've still been able to find strategy games every bit as complex and in-depth and historically reverent as the things Paradox makes. You've been able to find those on console systems. And and yes, Koei is definitely an outlier. They cater to a very specific niche. Um, but they do. Would, they do
0: wonderful work. I don't want to dismiss anything that Koei's done. I mean, the, the Romance of the Three Kingdoms games are all. I mean, like you said, they're great and they're deep, and they probably have more personality and character than the Paradox games do. But
1: well, and I, but I they're would not say, as
2: historically reverent. I got to call you out on that one.
1: Yeah. What are you talking about? They're, they're even more reverent because they're drawn from these these reverent fictional novels about the period, aren't they? So how is uh, that
2: historically reverent?
1: They, they reverent in the sense that they're they're. They're, they're not just putting historical trappings. They're not just making a panzer general. But and, not
0: historical.
1: Uh, Romance of the Three Kingdoms?
0: Yeah. It, it, oh, good it, lord.
1: It, Don't make me start rolling out some of the, these names. Lu Boo and it, it's Reed It's, it's pseudo-historical.
0: It's like taking the Iliad and making a game out of that. There's nothing wrong with that. No, that's qualified historical.
1: Wait. So the the yellow turbans never rebelled. Is that? Is well, that... no.
0: The yellow turbans are certainly real, but you know, Lubei and uh, the and Cao Cao and the like. They're you know, the, in those novels, they take on the trappings of heroes more than historical figures. It's kind of like an Iliad type thing.
1: And that seems to. Be Which is very fine. Real, Which is fine. I mean, yeah, I'm not. I'm not, not arguing. Well, let me say, reverent. I'm not, I'm as
0: not as arguing. As I'm, arguing I'm not arguing against you. I'm just saying, you know, this is a middle well, ground. Then let game. you and yeah.
1: me team up against Bruce because <laughs> fine I, I mean, historically, reverent in the sense yes. of very deeply uh, this sort of deep affection for a historical period. Yes. Uh, You know, reverent in the sense that they they care a lot about this, not necessarily realistic or accurate or meticulously recreated. It's not like a Civil War reenactment or anything. Uh,
0: They take the material very and the personalities very seriously. I mean, Liu Bei and the like take on, I mean, they they become archetypes. I mean, Achilles becomes an archetype. They're heroic archetypes uh,
1: in Chinese folklore. So back to your case. But so I think that that's analogous to what Paradox provides only on PCs. Uh, Koei's been doing that for a long time for for console gamers. Uh, But just to back up a little bit, uh, if there's one thing I've learned from having to do a blog for the last two years, it's that you need to sum up your case in an easy-to-repeat and provocative headline Generally less than 60 characters because it's got to fit into a stupid RSS feed. So the way I would sum this up, Troy, you introduced it just fine, and I have no issue with that. But mm-hmm. I would toss this out uh, as a headline and as sort of a hook. And and that is, I think – well, here you go. I'll just lay it out. You can't be a strategy gamer these days mm-hmm. without having a console system. Okay. So there you go. Uh, that That's my case. That's what I hope to sort of lay out in this, uh, you know, forty-five minutes to hour, however long we go with it, uh, and that's what I expect to get serious guff from, uh, from Bruce about. Because Bruce, can you, can you say it one more time? Uh, you can't be a strategy gamer without having a console system. Hmm. Now, that's not literally true. That's my hook. The, the okay. premise is basically that if you want to play, if, if you're into one type of strategy game, you know, war games, for instance, and I, th- I think this might apply to Bruce. That's totally fine if you just have a PC. But if you're a gamer who wants to sample a broad range within a genre, and that's what I think of when I talk about strategy gamers, you need a console system, if, if not multiple console systems. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that, that but means-
2: actually, the thing I want to argue is that if you, so, what you're saying is that if you want to assume an arbitrary title, you have to play an arbitrary set of games.
1: Uh, it, I, I don't think there's anything arbitrary about calling yourself a strategy gamer.
2: It's completely arbitrary.
1: If you're into that genre, if you're a fan of that genre, and you want to, like I said, sample a broad range of titles within no, that genre. No, you said you
2: can't call yourself a strategy gamer. So you, then you're, you're a, you a poor like, excuse for a like strategy. The, uh, climate uh, alarmists, uh, <laughs> god, <political> dissent.
1: <laughs> well, no, no, I would love to hear your dissent. Go ahead and take issue with that. Uh, your turn. But Go rebuttal.
2: Want? where are you the freaking fascists?
1: Uh, let's just say that I am, uh, I am a strategy gamer. Okay. There you go.
2: So why are you, what, did you go to Copenhagen and you got some kind of, uh, some kind of consensus?
1: I have a diploma right here on my wall. I'm going to frame right. it. Uh, oh, okay. no, I think it's just Bruce from, from being, I mean, it's a genre that I have all along, as long as I've been into video games, I've really liked strategy games. Yeah. And mm-hmm. as I watch how the genre is evolving, I see that you are missing out on a lot if you insist on bitterly clinging to your PC.
2: Now, what do you mean by bitterly clinging? Because <laughs> that, that, that sounds kind of uh, – that, that okay. sounds like an emotionally charged uh,
0: – For a man who for the last few episodes has disdained the use of definitions, you're certainly asking <laughs> for a lot of qualification on terms here.
1: I just had to throw an Obamaism at Bruce. Uh, okay. I, I miss that. I, I miss the ca- the campaign sometimes. <laughs> uh so, I mean, that you, you kind of understand what I'm getting at, Bruce, don't you? Like, uh, I, I'm more than happy to clarify the, the terms more, but I really think there is so much exciting stuff that would even be relevant to dinosaurs like you and Troy. Uh, what? Dinosaurs? Yeah. How about that? Or at least a primitive mammal. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Troy, you're, you're starting to crawl out of the muck a little bit. You've got a Nintendo DS. I'll, I'll grant you that. You've also <laughs> you've got your Xbox 360. I see your name on my friends list. Uh, <laughs> and Bruce... <laughs> You, you have a PS3, don't you? Yeah, I use it to watch The Fountain over and over on Blu-ray. That's okay. Well, you know, you can download some strategy games on that. You may not realize that. How can you
2: download things onto a PS3? Uh,
1: it's got a hard drive in it, and oh. it Sony is more than happy to let you into the PlayStation Store where really? you, yeah, you can spend your hard-earned money. For instance, here you go, Bruce. This might be terrible, but I've got my eye on it. I'm curious about it. There's a strategy game coming out, uh, I think it'll be early 2010, um, uh-huh. called Greed, and it's played on hexes. You've got asymmetrical races, and their their gimmick is that you basically eat tiles on the board as your resource. So you're consuming the map, you know, Troy, your map series. I'm curious if they've got a cool mm-hmm. twist for this. The, the map isn't just where you play, it's your resource, and you're changing the layout of where you're fighting as you use your resources. I don't know if it'll be any good, uh, and I'm pretty sure it's exclusive to the PS3, but as a strategy gamer, I see, hey, that's a cool twist. I'm really curious to see how it turns out. If you don't have a PS3, then you just have to wait and see what guys like me think when when Greed comes out. You won't be able oh, to try Oh,
2: Greed, it. like the cheese?
1: Greed, greed. No, Greed like the guy that, that Han Solo shoots in Star Wars, but minus the O. Greed, what is good? I, I'd
2: rather the game were called Brie. I think it would be better.
1: <laughs> I'm sure there's probably some cheese tycoon game that you can play on a PC somewhere. Uh, that, that, that's the thing, too, is there's so much drek on PCs uh, because it's sort of an easy go-to platform. Whereas in a lot of – the way that console systems work, there tend to be more – I think it's harder – for a strategy game to get onto a console system, so therefore the, the barrier for entry is higher and you can usually have some expectation that it's it's been more – it's been vetted better. You know, console games, you're not going to get Cheese Tycoon, uh, but that's that's something you can play on your PC. But that's also kind of the problem,
0: right? On P- on consoles, you're not going to get Cheese Tycoon. Cheese you know what, that, tycoon. You're not going that, to get the variety. You're not going to get uh, the games that really – I mean, this is probably something for later on in the episode. You're not going to get the games that, uh, you know, require a lot of micromanagement and testing and moving things in interesting and new directions. You're going to get games that are simpler, uh, either more territory driven like, uh, Pac-Man Tycoon or whatever that eating the game, eating the map game was called, Greed, <laughs> uh, or, uh, a very simple Brilliant and wonderfully balanced and elegant uh, RTS uh, like End War, or great turn-based game like Civilization Revolution, which we can I think we can all admit is still not Civilization.
1: Well, but here's uh, here's what I think it is. This is the creators of Civilization, Baraxis. This is the direction they're going in. You know, I don't know Absolutely. if they're Civ Five. There are, uh, who knows what they're working on, but. What they're doing, you know the the sort of the forefront of their creative efforts recently that that was civ- revolution uh, yes I, I think if you if you don't have a console system you you don't get to see what the creators of civilization did and i I love what they did. I have a problem with it it's a, It's a wonderful design it has a terrible AI and that makes it a sort of a puzzle game which that's that's fine I guess uh, but you, you, if you don't have a console system, you can't look at that you're, you're shut out of the next step of the civilization series. So here's another few examples. Let's say, for instance, you were a big fan of Panzer General. Bruce, you liked Panzer General, right? I did. Uh, The next step in that kind of gameplay, I would argue, are these uh, Advance Wars games. And Bruce, I know you have a problem with the thing with little, little kids in tanks on a Nintendo system, and I fully understand that. That's really annoying. So here, I think, is where Panzer General lovers need to end up this is what I would argue they should look at these days okay. there's a game on the iPhone called Uniwar mm-hmm. uh, Uniwar is basically just an Advanced Wars clone it's that same basic gameplay but, but it, it definitely appeals to what I think a lot of people enjoyed about Panzer General and that is fairly simple tactics mm-hmm. uh, easily readable with hexes and, and such uh, but Uniwar has amazing <laughs> multiplayer support using the iPhone's infrastructure. Uh, I think anybody who enjoyed Panzer General is really missing out if they can't play Uniwar these days. Uh, As I
0: recall, Julian is a big fan of of Unicorn Wars.
1: And you know what? We all made fun of him, and I was in that group (laughs) until I recently got my own iPhone and started trying some of these out. Uh, And all three of us are enjoying uh, Solium Infernum, that play-by-email thing. Mm -hmm. Uniwar taps into that same thing. You know, you get your turn in Solium Infernum, and you boot it up to see what happened. You take five minutes or whatever to play your turn, and you send it back. Uh, that's how Uniwar works, uh, and that's very much a traditional PC thing. Is that play-by-email pace, and the stakes that go with that, those now exist on the iPhone in arguably better and more streamlined form than, than any PC game I've played lately. So in your firm.
2: argument is that Uniwar is as involved as Solium Infernum.
1: No, my argument is that if you're the kind of gamer who liked Panzer General, if that was what appealed to you, then you're missing out if you're not playing Uniwar. The Solium Infernum reference is just for uh, the the play-by-email dynamic. The actual gameplay of Solium Infernum and Uniwar are nothing alike, but the dynamic of playing by email, which is something that most PC strategy gamers know... That now exists. One of its best forms is on the iPhone, I would say.
2: People don't play by email just to play by email. People play the game that they want to play, and if it happens to be play-by-email game, then they play it by email.
1: Right. That's fair. That's fair. But I, so. I think Uniwar, it has the, the advantage of Uniwar is that it's also a good game design. Uh, it, it's like – I don't recall if there – was there asymmetry in Panzer General? There must have been. Yeah, they would have different – like, uh, you know, the German units would be different from the American yeah, units. Uh, well, Uniwar does the same thing. Advanced Wars never really did that, but Uniwar has three distinct factions, uh, and they do some some clever, not too overblown, but clever things with uh, asymmetry amongst the three sides. Are they historically accurate factions? Uh, yes, absolutely, and I'm sure there's pl- there is actually each unit has a pretty long information display you can call up, and there's a little text at the bottom that I'm sure, I I can't be bothered to read it, but I'm sure it explains the historical accuracy that went into recreating the unit.
2: But, I mean, is it based on something historical? Uh,
1: I think there was a battle between, let's see, cyborgs, killer insects, and space marines uh, a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away, and I think that's the uh, historical That sounds about right. All right. Uh, So here's another one. Go Go ahead, ahead, Bruce.
2: No, it's fine. Whatever you got.
1: Let's say that you were a big fan, as I know you were, Bruce, of a game called Sacrifice back in Uh 2001, whatever. Where do you go? And sacrifice, by the way, has a, a long, you know, that, that can go all the way back to Herzog's Vi. That's what Tim Schaefer talks about when he talks about his influences for sacrifice. But let's pretend for a minute. I mean, I mean, wait, I, whoa, I jumped way ahead. <laughs> uh, if you're, if you're in, if you were into sacrifice, the modern day incarnation of that is brutal legend, okay. which appears only on consoles and which Tim Schaefer was inspired by Herzog's Vi to create. Um, so that's another thing. Uh, If you want to see where that kind of gameplay is these days, that sacrifice gameplay, Mm -hmm. I don't think you're going to find that on a PC. You're going to have to turn to a console system.
0: Hmm. Okay. Uh, Now, here's my thing. Mm -hmm. Is Brutal Legend, as good as it was, found next to no audience? Uh, And I think some people felt there was a bit of a bait and switch. A lot of the reviews thought there was a bait and switch. They were expecting this... uh, funny action-adventure uh, slash game, and oh my god, they found an RTS. And it freaked people out. And I think that's going to be one of the things that's going to hold the consoles back uh, from becoming the strategy platform of choice is that there is still, in the console arena, this bias. Well, uh, bias, let's say, uh, a leaning against uh, games that you can't just jump into see instant stuff happening. Um do you think that's still an issue? I mean, you certainly have greater console cred than I do. I mean, I certainly I, I love my DS, I love my 360, uh, but I don't go to them for, for strategy games.
1: Uh, do you think that's still a serious issue? I mean, I, I think the issue with Brutal Legend had more to do with EA's lack of confidence in whether in what you're saying basically can a strategy game appeal to a console audience. Uh, the DAs, had the BAs, to be honest, has had marketing problems for pretty much
0: all <laughs> of their games for the last year. They didn't know how to sell Spore properly, which right. did very well. They couldn't sell Dragon Age properly. Their Dante's Inferno marketing is a mess. <laughs> uh, it couldn't it, sell Dragon Age properly. What well, you the, it did very well. But if you look at the marketing, the market, people who bought Dragon Age were going to buy Dragon Age no matter what. The marketing. The was, Maxim
2: thing? Are you talking about that?
0: I'm talking about, you know, their, 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 the trailers, uh, selling it as some, you know, kick-ass heavy metal uh, RPG when it's, you know, a very traditional RPG, which I love. Uh, so you were saying, Tom, about how this is a, this is a reflection of Did EA. They don't
2: actually make it, though, so it's kind of accurate. Pardon? Never mind.
1: Yeah, go <laughs> ahead. Tom. Uh, I, I think EA does, I, I think EA in this instance was more trying to protect Brutal Legend. Yeah. Uh, but it's interesting, if you look at, and I don't think I'm wrong on this, but what would you guys think is the best-selling strategy game, and let's get as generous as we want with uh, with that definition, of 2009? <laughs> I think I know the answer. It would be Halo Wars, wouldn't it? Exactly, right. I think the best-selling strategy game of 2009 was an Xbox 360 real-time strategy game. Yeah. And I think if that had happened in, say, 2008, EA would have approached... Brutal Legends very differently, uh, right. so I'm hoping I'm hoping that will open doors and make sort of slow bureaucratic conservative companies like EA re- react a little differently next time they get a design like this. Mm-hmm. Uh, so okay. th- that's just yeah, that, that's what I would I would that's how I would respond to that. Hmm.
2: Well,
0: uh, I mean, okay, go ahead, Tom. Keep go going. Ahead, Bruce. Keep going. Yeah, Tom's got a lot to say. <laughs> well, I think let's let's consider. You, you ex- should fight. You should fight back, Bruce. He just I, missed, he just he already... just just he just just my just missed my complaint with it's EA's fault, uh, <laughs> which kind of I think undersells the problem that EA isn't the only publisher out there. That it's not like uh, I don't think Brutal Legends. I don't think either Halo War sells uh, sales or Brutal Legends success are going to lead to a whole bunch of people knocking down the doors to create good. Uh, uh, strategy games for the consoles. I mean, as go- oh. as great as Civilization Revolution was, and it sold quite well, my understanding is it was still a disappointment for
1: Take-Two and 2K. Strategy games are never going to rival, for instance, first-person shooters or MMOs as far as the the size of the slice of the commercial pie they get. Right. Right. Uh, so strategy games are, are never – Halo Wars is going to be an outlier. Very few of them are going to be that successful. Right. And, and, sales, I still maintain, and sales
0: is probably the, right, and sales are probably the wrong way to approach this issue altogether, but here we are.
1: So, but here's a way to approach this issue, Troy, and here is where – this is the, the heart of my argument here for why you can't be a strategy gamer without having a console system. Uh, in the future especially, you will need a console system to play games not necessarily that are big, huge sellers like Halo Wars But the games that that we are all enjoying right now, because in the future, guys like Vic Davis, Cliff Harris, uh, who did Gratuitous Space Battles, which is excellent and you guys should try, Uh, Chris Park, who did uh, AI Wars, we've talked about that here, those guys are a dying breed. I love what Vic is doing, but he's kind of a dinosaur using, you know, Adobe Acrobat to, to make Solium Infernum. Guys like that are doing that because they, they came up with PC games. But in the future, I think the next generation, and I don't mean that in terms of age, but in mm-hmm. terms of video gaming generations, the next generation of Vic Davis, Cliff Harris, and, and Chris Park are going to be making these games on an iPhone or using uh, Xbox Live's arcade or, or WiiWare. Uh, these systems intentionally are opening themselves for indie developers, uh, there, they, there is a retail infrastructure in place that they can use, a pre-existing marketplace that they can easily tap into. You know, when right. Vic makes Solium Infernum, he's got to send out press releases, and he's got to deal with that BMT micro company in terms of the, the sales and whatnot. He's got to do all that stuff, and he's got to basically start from scratch. Think back when he did Armageddon Empires. Uh, he That laid a little groundwork for him. But a fellow like Chris Park, for instance, making AI Wars, that's just that, – that's so much more difficult for him to do on a PC in terms of selling his game and getting a return for his effort and, and having an outlet for this creative impulse he has to make a strategy game. That outlet now exists on the iPhone, on WiiWare, and on uh, Xbox Live's uh, – I forget what it's called, Xbox LNA. Or-
0: yeah, well, it was XNA, but the, difference, the thing with the WiiWare and the XNA is you've got to get this stuff past uh, the gatekeepers. Right. Uh, you. The, one of the great beauties of the PC as a, a design system is that it is so open uh, that, you know, someone at Xbox can't say, well, you know, it's a neat idea, but there's no way we're going to be selling that. So it's not going to be taking up space on our already crowded marketplace.
1: But you can – right. And, and those those systems, though, want developers to be able to do an end run and do more direct development. Yeah. Uh, I think of Swords and Soldiers, for instance, right. which is one of last year's coolest, newest real-time strategy games. That's WiiWare and that's well, a little company. Overrated. Oh, no, that's no, no, no. one of the
2: games that nobody that nobody played. I can't ever right. keep this straight. Okay. So that
0: was, yeah, that was one that Tom played. does too many lists in a week, and <laughs> they get all confused.
1: But th- those were some small Dutch developers. They had done an indie game that got picked up by another, uh, by, by THQ and handed over to another developer. They did De Blob, and they had this really mm-hmm. cool idea for, uh, for a real-time strategy game, but rather than find their own publisher, they just went straight to WeWear and they made it. Uh, and, and that's the kind of thing that we're going to be seeing in the future from the next generation of Vic Davis, Cliff Harris's, and, and Chris Parks. Uh, so I think it's not necessarily, I can make a case all, all night if you want, about how cool Brutal Legend is and how Unawar is like Panzer General, but I think the more relevant point is that the kinds of guys who do the stuff that we're enjoying right now aren't going to necessarily be doing it just on PCs in the future.
2: I mean, I think that's reasonable, but I I have a bunch of problems with everything you're saying. First of all, I don't know that the games that you're describing can be as involved as the games that are on the PC. And, and, and I want to make sure that you understand this. I have absolutely no investment because I'm more than, you know, whatever, 12 years old. I, I really have no investment in, you know, being associated with some sort of system and right. Having a, uh, you know, an, a you know you right, know using right. my own self-aggrandizement right. right
0: we we, so, are, we are not uh, soldiers in the console wars
2: yeah it just I mean it, that stuff I mean and and that, that stuff is all understandable I mean it's yeah. it's a lot of adolescents who um, you know basically have uh, you know it's it's um, you know it's sort of group psychology and it's it's a normal part of development and but it's it, it's it's funny to watch you know adults wade into these. These uh, arguments on on uh, on message boards, as though you know they were walking into some you know high school classroom and trying to have like a reasonable <laughs> conversation. I mean, it's, it's 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 hilarious and pointless at the same time. So m- my comment would be that I really don't care whether I buy a console or not. I mean, it's a trivial purchase. I mean, I'm going to spend a h- couple hundred bucks on something fine. I'll buy it if I need to. But um, my my problem with your whole argument is that I don't really have. Much interest in, uh, in a in a slimmed down, you know, panzer general with insects. I mean, mm-hmm. a lot of my interest in panzer general was the historical, uh, uh, was the was the very uh, clever, uh, you know, historical hook combined with, you know, streamlined uh, rules and, and gameplay mechanics. But you know. For whatever, you know, bizarre psychological malfunction that I have, I can't become as interested in that if it's, you know, cyborgs versus killer sure, bees. Sure. sure so right. um, and, and doesn't really. And, and the second part of that is
1: uh, before. Can I can I do you want to share? So second part? Yes. So, mm-hmm. so uh, did you know, Bruce and Julian mentioned this and I think he kind of overstated the case for how good it was. It, it's cute, but I'm not that into it. Uh, Panzer General Allied Assault just came out for Xbox Live Arcade. Mm-hmm. It is the, it has the Panzer General name because it was created by Chuck. Uh, I'm going to screw his name up. Krogel. Uh, yeah, he, he's he's an old school SSI fella, uh, mm-hmm. and uh, I think he's just like you, Bruce. And he wanted to do another Panzer General, and he wanted it like he wanted the World War II trappings with that Panzer General sort of elegance. So I hated when, Allied Assault. Uh, did, you did, I don't think you've played this because it's a new dev- it's a new game on the on Xbox Live Allied
2: Assault I believe was a PC game about ten right. years ago. Right, right. Uh, maybe
1: I'm screwing the title up because you're no, right. No, Allied, Ass- Allied Assault is the name of the uh, 360 game. Okay, so they're they're stealing the name Bruce and they're reusing it. But what they've done is they have created a board game with a a sort of a card system. That uh, uses the Panzer General License, the name, and it's World War II trappings. You know, your cards are all about resupplies and airstrikes and uh, suppressing fire and, uh, and artillery, and uh, uh, you know, each each unit is a historically named tank or tank destroyer or uh, an infantry group. Uh, but it's got that same thing that you're talking about, Bruce. That where you're, you may not be interested in unit war because the subject matter doesn't grab you. The people, you know, people are doing things that would grab you on Xbox Live Arcade, and I would mention specifically this Panzer General game. Uh,
0: and just because they're doing insects now, doesn't mean they're not going to be doing World War II in, say, two three
1: years. Exactly, right, right. There's no reason that there couldn't be uh, using this unowar structure something that's flavored with, with you know, once World War II comes back in vogue, I think it's a little bit on the apps <laughs> right now. Uh, I, World I War to, is on the outs, because you, you see, yeah, well, you know, the, the whole uh, saturation level. <laughs> Nobody wants to play World War Two anymore. Uh, it's it's but, just, you know, it's having a brief hiatus. Uh, so anyway, when you when you mention that, Bruce, I fully respect that you might not be into those things, but I still maintain there are things out there that would grab you. Okay,
2: I mean, I'm not so sure that I mean, I, I frankly don't think I would sit down and play Panzer General again.
1: Okay. But but so, you fair enough. But uh, but for people who do really want that old school Panzer General World War II sheet draped over the gameplay, uh-huh. that's out there. Not not as not as often as Cyborg Bugs, but that's definitely out there. I think. Uh, okay. So I just wanted I, to interject that you had another point. Uh, I
2: guess my other point is that uh, I mean the, I don't think the games are really as I. I I really don't see games as involved and clever as Solium Infernum moving to the consoles. I think you just won't see them anymore. And I think at that point, I'm just going to stop playing games. I mean, I have to a large extent done so now. And because I'm not really interested in a lot of the games that are out. Um, I mean, I played Brutal Legend, and I will tell you that I don't think... I mean, I understand that Brutal Legend is just like Sacrifice in in every way, in that all your mana whores have been slaughtered, but um, (laughs) I I don't really... uh, I mean, I don't really get the same satisfaction I get out of playing uh, Brutal Legend as I do out of of playing Sacrifice. Now, I I enjoy the adventure part of of Brutal Legend. I I thought it was... was, uh, I enjoyed it. I didn't... uh, I didn't get the, the same uh, desire to replay the real-time strategy part of that game the way I did with Sacrifice. And I think that the, uh, you know, there's a real um, difference between the type of uh, game that you can make on the computer, on the mm-hmm. PC, sorry, and on the console. And, you know, at, at some point you have to make certain concessions to play it on the console, which is fine. Um, but I don't get the same satisfaction out of playing that type of game, and I, I really don't think that uh, – um, I really don't think that I'm going to stay interested And if, if sure. games become you know more – if you're going to – if I'm going to play a simple game, like a really simple game, then it's got to be like an eight-minute turn in taxes. I mean five-minute turn in taxes, maybe. Right. Right? And um, – and, and the other thing is the, is the whole idea of playing games on, on portables. I just have I have zero interest in doing that simply because I don't have any time to do that. None, zero. I am never really ever um, because of you know my work situation, et cetera. I'm never really en route somewhere where I can sit with a with a uh, with a portable and play it. And when I'm home, if I want to play a game, I really don't want to be tied to a tiny screen. So I'm never going to play iPhone games. I mean, ever. I can I can say that pretty confidently, because if I'm sitting at home, the last thing I want to do is play a game on my iPhone. Right.
1: That, those so, are fair points. Uh, let me let me sort of take them separately because I think they're two very different things. The, uh, okay. I'm, I'm totally with you on the the thing about the iPhone. At least I was until I actually tried some of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, for me, uh, where I use handhelds now, I don't tend to. I don't want to carry a handheld around with me and play it in public. I mean, I just don't have much interest in that. Uh,
2: Neither do I. But
1: but I do sometimes when I don't want to read a book or when I just uh, don't just for killing slices five minute slices of time, which isn't a luxury you have right now, but it's something that a lot of us deal with. I sit around the house and I, I write for a living, and I'm often more than happy to find something to do to just kill five minutes before I have to actually go back and work on an assignment. Uh, so for different schedules uh, and different types of schedules, something like an iPhone or a DS is more ideal for some people than others. Uh, but uh, it, as far as the level of involvement, I, I totally get what you're saying about things like Solium Infernum. And I've been playing, Troy, I don't know, have you seen the uh, The Heir to the Throne expansion? Yeah, I just started playing it today. God, I love that. And the it, new
0: expansion for uh, Europa Universalis 3, uh, which right. adds a lot of new uh, political stuff and some really neat uh, war-making stuff, which I'm still making my way through. Which Troy's blogged about? I haven't blogged about it yet. No, I will. Sorry. Haven't you? I thought you said, yeah. I mentioned it. I mentioned yeah. about it. I mentioned it. I just started playing it today, so I haven't blogged my opinions on it.
1: But I play that, and I, I just uh, re-fall in love with PCs. I mean, you're so right, Bruce. Something... That rich and that detailed. Uh, you know, I talk about the Koei games, and even those have their concessions to being on consoles, and you're having to use a controller to scroll through long lists and whatever. But I just, I and the I debates.
0: So, oh, the debates are so wonderful.
1: Well, you know, they they bring in these cool new elements of <laughs> yeah. gameplay. The, the Paradox Europa Universalis and Paradox's designs are so traditional; they're almost like comfort food for us old school hardcore strategy gamers. Uh, and I just love that stuff. And Bruce, you're right. You're not going to get something that involved on a console system, uh, you know. But what I will say is that that level of involvement. There are developers trying to bring that to console systems. And for a, a worst case example of that, there's a fairly intricate, fantasy strategy game called Battle of Wesnoth, which,
2: yes, which is just terrible.
1: Is it really terrible? That's too bad.
2: Oh, it's so bad.
1: Well, it's it's kind of isn't it a some sort of like open sourcey project or a bunch yes. of different? yeah, it's a mess. I, I'm so it's sorry. got this. It's yeah. like a, it's like the worst of indie gaming with the worst of games divided designed by committee, isn't it? <laughs>
0: yeah, uh, pretty much. I haven't played it in a long time.
1: Has it gotten that bad? It wasn't terrible when I played it, but has it gotten terrible? Well, I've I've only seen here. Here's my perspective on it, and it's it's very skewed. So someone tried to do a completely intact port to the iPhone. And that is terrible, but right. mainly for technical and interface reasons. But it's kind of encouraging to see that that design, with with all these little meticulous units and little powers, and uh, you, you know that it can be applied directly to the iPhone. Uh, it, it's a misguided effort, and I hope they patch it because I'd love to to right. tinker with the game more and, and see if it is that terrible still. Uh, but right. people are trying. Uh, <sighs> And as long as people are trying, that, right? that's A, and as long as B, there is a marketplace for it, and there is, because that's where all the right. money has gone is to console systems, then eventually something is going to happen like what happened to shooters. And there was a time, uh, you know, five, ten years ago, where those of us who played shooters laughed at the concept of them being on consoles. And we loved the fact that they were on PCs and that it was going to be safe for PCs forever because a mouse and keyboard is the only way to play a shooter. But you know what? Developers like uh, Rare with Perfect Dark and Bungie with Halo, they fixed it. They changed it, and even though I still think it's better on a, on a PC, you can't make that argument anymore that shooters don't work on console systems. Okay. So I'm going
0: Go to say something very heretical here. The okay. iPhone is closer to a PC than it is to a console.
1: Sure, absolutely, because of the way the interface works. Right. Is that you're you're, inter, you're interacting with a specific it's not pixel perfect, but then, it's,
0: and that I would say that one of the big barriers between consoles and strategy games is not uh, and the interface is one thing, but the distance is another. That uh, sitting seven feet back from a screen, oh, oh right, right, and that this is back to Bruce's point, you know, getting something really involved and deep and intricate. The big barrier between for strategy games uh, moving to the console is the sheer amount of text.
1: I remember having an argument with Brad Wardell maybe a year or so ago about – I think it was pretty much about this subject, you know, can you do strategy games on consoles? And Brad was saying – and Brad developed strategy games, so he's, yep. he's, he's no like just – he's no internet message forum dude. Uh, right. He knows what he's talking about. He, he was saying one reason that it won't happen – is because of text resolution. The resolution on a console game will never be as good as a PC, so you can't present as much text. And I remember kind of laughing at him and saying something dismissive, but the more that I try to play things on the iPhone, the more I think he has a point. That's one of the big problems with this Battle of West port. And even a streamlined game like Uniwar, if I want to look up what how much movement my bug has and what it costs to move over each hex, because those are crucial parts of the gameplay, mm-hmm. I have to call up a screen and scroll way down it and look for that little cool. entry. Uh, so, so you're right. It, that's a, that's a huge problem. Is that a lot of information needs to be displayed and needs to be easy to access for a good strategy game, especially the in-depth ones that we like. And that's just a huge problem on uh, on, for instance, an iPhone.
2: But I think that uh, I think that um, Solium Infernum avoids that problem to a great extent.
1: And speaking of heretical things, I just I I see very few reasons that you couldn't do Solium Infernum on an iPhone. I agree with you.
2: Well, yeah. I agree I, I, we stop the whole thing with the oh.
0: What's up the iPhone? You just agreed with me? He, I, I think Thomson bought by Apple. Because about a month ago, you were dismissive of this entire thing. Now you've got this iPod Touch, and your blog is nothing but why I like the <laughs> iPhone. And look at the neat games I found. After a blog post, why games suck on the iPhone, then week the, why games rock on the iPhone. But here you are trying to sell us. You haven't sold us on the Wii as much or the Xbox or the ps but my God, that iPhone.
1: Yeah. Well, it really is a matter of it's, it's open. The way that they're selling 99-cent games that anybody can make, and there was this sort of gold rush early on that seems to be subsiding, but it really is a matter of talent flocking to a place where where it feels it can be recomp- it can be compensated for its efforts, where, where people think, I've got an idea. I'm going to throw that in the marketplace and see if I can make money from it. The iPhone is is very friendly to that approach, uh, yeah, but you know. I mean,
2: it's, but it's, it's just not going to support. Uh, I don't think it could support a game like uh, like in front of solely because of the, the display issue.
1: Well, I, yeah, I mean that that's that is an obstacle. But you're right. But but again, I would just bring up the whole control issue with shooters. I mean, there are ways around that. You would you would have to be peering through. Well, you know what, Bruce? I think there's no way. With the way that Uniwar works, with hexes and a unit on each hex, Solium Infernum could do that. I mean, if you look at Uniwar and how much information is displayed on the map, and yeah, you've got to scroll down the little screen if you want to look up specific details, I think that would work with Solium Infernum. I mean, I'm not a developer, I, I, I can't program, but when you say that, my reaction is to agree with you, but then when I think about it, when I think about what Uniwar is doing, I kind of have to disagree. I really think you could do Solium Infernum on an iPhone, and I don't think you'd you would have to lose anything.
2: Well, I wish you'd let me know that was, we were going to talk about because I would just downloaded it and played it and let you know what I thought. But um, I guess the, the 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 feeling I have is that I play games, and this is all I think the psychology of why people play games and 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 what's involved in in uh, you know what's the difference between people who play games and people who. Who don't play games? I think they're they're very significant um, uh, sort of psychological differences, but I, I don't really have any. I mean, I can't just I can't express strongly enough how little interest I have in staring <laughs> at a tiny. I mean, I have like a thirty-two inch cinema screen computer display, and I have like a forty-two inch television, and I'm just not willing to look at a little uh, a little um, iPhone display <laughs> and, and play a game on it. I just have no interest in it.
1: You know I have to dis- disagree with you strongly, Bruce, when you say you can't express strongly enough because I think you can and you've done an admirable job. <laughs> uh, but I think what that gets to, Bruce is more uh, the way that, that people who aren't us, uh, and I might be changing there. I mean, I can see myself changing. Are, are coming around to thinking of video games, and video games can now be things that you can play. You know, so much stuff. People are people watch this. This boggles my mind. I, I was on the subway uh, recently, and there was mm-hmm. a dude watching The Dark Knight on a freaking. It was like an iPod. It wasn't an iPhone. It didn't even have that big a screen. He mm-hmm. was watching Dark Knight on a little iPod window. And that was – I was flabbergasted. That's such a a rich visual movie. I saw that in IMAX and was bowled over by Uh what you get out of seeing that on a big screen. And here's some dude on the subway watching it on his iPod window. So I I basically agree with you, Bruce, but I think that that's not – that that's something distinct to guys like us.
2: Well, that's fine. I mean, I, I, I'm I'm I can I'm not. By the way, I'm not pretending to speak for like all the people who ride the subway and watch Dark Knight. I'm speaking for myself. That's the right. only person that I'm trying to represent here because I can't sure. represent anybody else. My feeling is that I have absolutely zero interest in playing a game on a screen the size of the iPhone. Period.
1: Now let me ask you this, Bruce. because uh-huh. uh, I know you. I think I know what you can stomach and what you can't. What would you think of a game? That lets you, if, if imagine that you weren't as busy as you are these days, mm-hmm. that lets you satisfy the the same thing you got out of playing Panzer General mm-hmm. in little stolen three-minute increments whenever you have time during the day. Because that's, I think, what would appeal to you about Uniwar, uh, is, is just being able, wherever you are at any moment, uh, you don't have to be at home, you don't even have to be in front of a computer where you're normally checking your email and you can load up a play-by-email turn. Uh, just at any stolen three minutes during the day, you could get a little bit of that Panzer General uh, feel that you used to get playing it on the PC way back when. Because that's what I think you would enjoy in Unawar.
2: Yeah, I think I think you may I think you have a point there. Um, I can't really currently imagine having you know a couple minutes during the day. I mean, I just don't have any time during the day at all, from like you know four in the morning until you know just ever until I get home. I mean it just is it's just not how my life works. So I've sort of lost the little I mean, I now and by the way you better process that freaking turn uh of ours before I go to sleep so that I have at least one chance to play some <laughs> game today before I go back to work tomorrow. Um, but uh you know, I really enjoy sitting down and, you know, loading up Solium infernum or whatever, you know Emperor, of The Fading Suns. Um, I've yeah. been, uh, mm. uh, you know, playing some other games. One game I'm, which I won't mention because it'll be a spoiler for his uh, his uh, decade series. But I've been uh, playing one game that uh, from many years ago that I've finally found in a box and rediscovered and really enjoy it. But I mean, it's all a certain type of, of gameplay experience, and I and I don't know that. And uh, you know, I really wonder what it would be like to sort of play that Panzer General type thing. I mean, I have to say, my tastes have changed. I'm not necessarily going to. I mean, I can imagine. I don't know how many years ago, uh, twenty years ago. Let's call what? I don't. Mean, what even year is? What, what year would that make this? Eighty nine. Yeah. Okay. In eighteen nineteen eighty nine, I can imagine in nineteen eighty nine really just absolutely going crazy over some kind of giant Pacific War simulation like War in the Pacific.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Like the, the new, you know, the whatever.
0: Um, the other Grigsby game. Uh, War yeah, the,
2: 2000 and, the, the 2003 version or whatever, that, whenever that came out. Uh, but I really have zero interest in playing that now. So, I can only speculate how much I would actually want to play a game like Panzer General, because when I played Panzer General, it was pretty, uh, it was pretty, uh, it was a really a revelation that I, I never really thought of a war game that could be played that way. Um, but now I'm not sure that I would want to do that again. I'm, I'm once again looking for, you know, new kinds of gaming experiences and, uh, you know, same thing with board games, like you and your Chaos in the Old World. Um, but um, I, I sort of look for for games that do different things, and I'm not sure. I just want to have you know a Panzer for you know attack a whatever <laughs> uh, infantry unit and have it blow it up and then move another you know two hexes or whatever. I mean, how I'm, could I'm, you
0: ever get tired of that?
2: Yeah, I
1: mean, it's it's possible that that's that that's done. Right. Well, what makes that special, Bruce, is not the panzer blowing up the tank and then moving two hexes. What makes that special, and, and you know this. I mean, you and I uh, had a whole series on this. What makes that special is that it's my panzer you just blew up. And that's ultimately, I think, what makes Uniwar work. I, I, so in Uniwar, it's got uh, an infrastructure where you just type in your friend's name, and it, it can join. A, it'll set up the game between the two of you, and it handles all of that. You can also just join a random game. So I had – when I first got it and was enjoying it, I, I racked up like, you know, something like 10 play-by-email games. Uh, mm-hmm. And the ones that I was playing with people I didn't know, I just lost interest in, and I eventually quit out of those. Uh, mm-hmm. So I agree with you that it's – you know, that gameplay mechanic, that's a little dated, and if you're not into it. But what makes that special is that it's when I'm playing with people I know. I'm right now in a couple of games with some folks from quarter to three, uh, uh, one of whom is this great guy who lives down in Australia – uh, and we've just, we've, it's, it's a deadlock, and it's just going back and forth. And if I was playing this against the AI or someone I didn't know, I would have long ago lost interest in it. So mm-hmm. it's simply a matter that I know Adam that makes me want to keep playing. And in a way, and this is something I've always said about multiplayer gaming, the fact that it's Uniwar is almost irrelevant. What, what's relevant is the fact that it's Adam making the moves on the other side of right. the board. Uh, so well, I uh, get uh, saying, and sh- uh, I, I just maintain when, when you. When you get some free time, <laughs> I don't imagine this can be no, any time. 10 soon. years from now. 10 years from now, uh, Uniwar will still be there for, I don't know, it's two ninety nine. dollars uh, Just download it, type in the name Tom Chick, uh, that's my little gamer tag, and it'll set up a game between the two of us. And then whenever you get a chance, so one of the things it does too is you get 24 hours to make your move. And if you don't make your move, the other guy can skip you. But if he doesn't skip you, he can give you as much time as he wants uh so if you ever want just type in my name set up a game and then whenever you get a moment we can do our little panzer general back and forth and i won't even take the crazy bugs or cyborgs we can just play with vanilla old space marines because i know how much you love that uh vanilla space marines, when did, are they when did space marines? Space? that's how jaded we are space marines are now vanilla
2: that's true <laughs> are they are they like the the warhammer space marines
1: I don't think they—they don't—they're not serving a space pope, so I don't think they're. Oh, a Yeah, I know it's too bad. Saving us—they're serving a space
0: Rumsfeld.
2: Yeah, it's better die for the emperor than live for yourself. Very well
0: so, put. Yeah. <laughs> oh.
2: I. I. Okay. All right. Fair enough. I'll have so, to figure out how to how to download things onto my iPhone.
0: So, Tom, in your, uh, brave new world, what is the place for uh, the very deep? Wonky historical uh, strategy games, or even the very, you know, econ-focused RTSs or city builders uh, right. well, that you and I both love. Uh, for now it's um, still the
1: PC. I, I maintain it's still the PC. But my argument here is that if you want to be a strategy gamer with a, a wider appreciation for what's going on in the genre, you can't not have a console system. But yeah, I still play on the PC, and it's like I was saying, Troy. Man, I just I love what those guys at Paradox do, and it's just so refreshing to to relearn Europa Universalis' career. Yeah,
0: Air to the yeah. Throne really does some neat stuff. It's got yeah. some... I've, I've I've, had to turn the time period down, and turn the uh, speed thing
1: down a notch so I can figure what the hell's going on. Um, well, I, I, yeah, I'm constantly hammering the space bar <laughs> to look up tooltips or <laughs> whatnot. Uh, but it's just... I'm, I am by no means saying the PC right. is dead or you of don't course. need a PC. I am just saying that uh, you can't just have that anymore. So... <laughs> There I you think go.
2: what you were saying is that if you call yourself a strategy gamer and you don't have a console, then you are going to take away that person's right to self-determine.
1: Right. I want you to turn your card in and I am going to rip it in half and I'm going to burn it and yeah, that's right. I'm going to take okay. away your credibility as a strategy gamer. So, okay. So so okay. Bruce, I want you to rip your card in half right now okay. until you get
2: you. I can't find my card, but I'll when I get when I get around to it. I'll do that if you'll process
1: that freaking turn. I will do that as soon as we're done here. And Troy you can keep your card as long as you still play your DS from time to time. Troy, you have an iPhone, don't you?
0: I do not. Uh, oh, okay. I, would, I have a pay-as-you-go cell phone. I don't even have a real cell phone.
1: I don't either. That's the thing is I don't have an iPhone. I have that iPod Touch or iPhone Touch or whatever they call it. Uh, so I, I'm, I'm as backwards as, as you in that regard. Um, but so yeah, you're, so the game you?
2: actually playing these games on the iPod?
1: No, it's so, so Apple makes iPods to listen to music. They make an iPhone that has the phone and a camera and a GPS system built in. But if you don't want to get that phone and GPS and camera, you can get an iPod iPhone tu- – is it just called an iTouch? Good Lord, I should probably figure this out. You can get an iTouch, which is just an iPhone, and it can use a wireless network to access all the online features. It just doesn't have the telephone. If, the if camera. I want to
2: call you up on the thing that you're playing Uniwar on, can you right. can you answer my phone call?
1: I cannot. Okay. I do not have a cell phone. I, I do not. I cannot uh, right. accept cell phone calls. You can jury rig it to use Skype, I think, yeah. and kind of cheat. But uh, I, I don't. How can you cheap. live in
0: Hollywood not have a cell phone?
1: Well, I'm always this. I think I've told this to other people. I'm always around people who have cell phones. So if I need to make a call, I just use theirs. Oh, you're or a moot, You're a moocher. Tom you used to have a cell phone, but he lost it. That's right. I lost it and just didn't bother to replace it. I'm, I'm like the guy who doesn't smoke but he borrows cigarettes from other people.
0: So you're waiting for somebody you who know, lost and found to return your
1: cell phone? Well, that was why I didn't immediately replace it, and then after it was gone for three months and never showed up, I was like, well, I'd, I didn't really miss it. I was just using my friend's cell phone. If I'm out with friends and I need someone to call me, I can just give that person one of my friend's cell phones.
0: Yeah, it sounds so. like a scam. Uh, so uh, those are interesting discussion, Tom and Bruce. Thank you for that. Uh, we're going to be wrapping up tonight's show. Next week, I will not be with you. I will be going home uh, for the holidays to deal with some things. Home in Canada of all places. It's like a whole own- other country. Yeah, a whole other country. In fact, whole other middle of the woods where I will only have access to dial-up internet. Yes, people still have that. So I will be turning over the podcasting duties to the very reliable team. I trust Tom, Bruce, and Julian will do a very good job with the seasonal topic of religion in strategy games. How do you deal with it tactfully? How do you deal with it well? What does it mean uh, to have a religion uh, in a strategy game? And uh, after that, we'll move into our year-end and year-beginning wrap-ups, and then moving on to a new year of topics in January. Thank you, guys, uh, for a great show. Say farewell to the crowd. Good night, all. (laughs) you. <laughs>